I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Fends them dummy half. It's with the halfback, William. Williams goes himself, comes out the other side, gets it to Croker, bounces away from a would-be from De Goyce, puts a kick out wide, looking for Shander Earl, and Earl is in again. No. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Supercoach Playbook Podcast. I am your host, Tim Williams. Joining me tonight is, as usual, the Supercoach Spy. Spy, how are you, mate? Yeah, not bad, mate. Uh, still in a little bit of Teddy-related shock, but anyway, back into a new week and we'll see what we can get back this week, but geez, it was impressive. Yeah, it's been a tough couple of days or a tough day, should I say, for, for non-Teddy owners. Uh, also joining us up in Queensland is our, our resident Maroon, Walson Carlos. Walson, how are you, mate? Yeah, lads, I was, I was looking pretty good for a good week until Teddy played, but I think it was always on the cards. I had a bit of a, a feeling that he was going to go 180, and he did better than that. So, yeah, uh, it was tough not owning him, um, but I think moving forward, uh, it's gonna, there's a lot of questions about it. We're going to have a chat about it, but uh, I think you're going to have to get him in. Yeah, it's certainly looking that way. That, that last game of the round is proving absolutely savage at the moment. Uh, the week Tommy Turbo went massive about two weeks ago against the Dogs, I was the same. I had a really good score. Tommy came out and belted that out, and he just dropped to the middle of the pack at best. Um, Wallace, how'd your side go this week? Uh, yeah, it went pretty good. I um, I moved up a few spaces. I'm, I'm probably not not as far as I thought I would. Uh, I'm up into 16,515th. Um, so I went up about 1,600 ranks, uh, of uh, 1,146. So basically I thought I'd made a really – I, I was, played really poorly, to be honest. I missed a couple of games and I missed getting um, Bradman Best in and I missed getting Ponger in, who I was going to, and then I thought it had worked out for the better because I got Latrell Mitchell in and, and he turned up, which was um, a bit of a pod move uh, for my spot. I really missed missing out on best has really hurt me and put me in a not the best position moving forward. Um, so uh, I'm going to have to work out how to get in Ponga, Teddy, and Best as soon as possible because I think they're all musts. 
mate, you're um you're starting to develop to develop a bit too much of a life outside of Supercoach, and it's really hampering your Supercoach. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like I was thinking to myself, you know. They talk about those people that win a premiership and then you're not as hungry afterwards, but I didn't even win, so I should be hungry. I came second, so I've got nothing to rest on my laurels for, but, yeah, I've got to pick up my game a bit. I've actually been playing a bit of draft stars, so that's been diverting my attention a bit. You've got me onto that, boys, and I had a pretty good weekend the first first time I had it. I haven't had such a good two weekends since, but um, I'm still up a fair bit, so I'll have another crack this weekend see how I go. The way, mate. And Spy, how'd you go on the weekend? I was reasonably happy, mate, for most of the weekend. Ended up scoring 11 11. I stayed steady after the Teddy explosion and I've stayed about ranked around the 20,000 mark. Um, just trying to build back after that a really bad opening week that I had. Um, but I'm reasonably happy with my side. Um, the big dagger, though, was choosing the gun, Tommy Trevojevic, which I was generally happy with over Tedesco this weekend. It ended up costing me about 260 points, which I had a look today and the ranks would have taken me up to about 4,000th or something like that. So it's one of those things, though, I went with my gut and it didn't pan out the way I wanted it this week, but that's super coach and we'll, um, we can't sort of dwell on that. Just keep keep moving forward, mate. Yeah, that's all right, mate. I've, uh, I notched out 13.50 with plenty of help to a captain, James Tedesco, Um I, I was really shocked that people didn't get him in this week. Like with that match up against the Dogs, I mean, not that too many people expected 199, which is a new Supercoach record um, while he's at it, but that match up and these new rules, the Roosters are just so suited by it. Um, I actually had Kurt Capel in there as well, which is an absolute killer, but uh, ranks up into 498. So, so far, so good. Um, and I'm going to enjoy it while it lasts because, as we know in Supercoach, it doesn't always last for very long. Lads, let's get into the topic this week, which pretty well every question that came in on social media was surrounding James Tedesco and the non-owner saying, do we have to get him in this week? Is there any alternative to getting James Tedesco in this week? Um, we'll start by having a quick look at the top 10 Supercoach scores of all time, individuals. Teddy now has it with 199, still hasn't tracked that famous 200-pointer. It'll happen this year, though, by the looks of what I'd say. Tommy Turbo is now in second place on 194 points. He got that against the Titans uh, at the end of 2018. I think it was a night game at Brookvale Oval. Manly actually lost that game, which was even more incredible. Third place, Nathan Cleary, 186, which he did at the end of last season, scored four tries uh, against the Knights, I think it was. Then going down the list, Cam Munster, James Maloney, James Tedesco again with the 180. Gareth Widdop, Jordan Rapan, Nathan Cleary again, Anthony Milford and Tom Trebojevic. Tommy Turbo has five scores over 150. Teddy now has four over 150, um, which is basically that's the sort of stuff that is uh, dominating the topic of discussion ahead of round six. Um, Walson, I'll start with you, mate. Do you have to have Teddy this week or is there an alternative in any way possible? Uh, Look, this is going to sound really strange because I had neither for – I've had neither – uh, the whole season, but I felt last week after I watched the footy that you need to have Ponga and you need to have Teddy. Um, so it was a big mistake for me not to get him in. Um, I tried to get a little bit cute. Uh, yeah, Latrell was a good boy in, and I think Latrell will keep going up, but I think you need to go with a combo of Teddy and Ponga. I think some people will disagree. Some people think that Turbo's in there, but I think – Turbo will still score well, but I, I think that um, at the end of the day, Ponga and Teddy will be the two top scoring 
um, players in Supercoach by a fair margin. And so when you ask the question, do you need to get him in, the question you have to ask yourself always with Supercoach is the value proposition. Um, moving forward, you can only look at the price that you're buying him at now. Do you still think he's going to be a value proposition um, at 842900 I do. Some people are saying, oh, I'll wait till he comes down. I think that's fraught with danger. I don't think he's going to come down. I I feel like he will average somewhere around 95 to 100, which is something we've never seen before. And I think Ponga will be up there as well. So my advice to people would be, you know, look very closely at getting him in, barring injury. I think he's going to score very well against most sides the way the Roosters are playing. It all fair shouts, Wilson, and good points. I'm interested, though, like, Supercoach fans are so – their opinions change so quickly after one round of scoring. And a week ago, Tom Trebojevic could have been – was probably the best player in Supercoach and he was the must-have. Now you're saying it has to be Ponger and Teddy. Like, no, uh, yeah, I felt like that last week, even though uh, I missed out on Turbo's points and that – what I saw, like just passing the eye test on what I saw and what I know of Supercoach, I feel like that Teddy and Ponga will be the two. I wanted to get Teddy in last week and then he pulled out late and then this week he was the last game of the round. So my impatience a little bit killed me and also my fear of something happening. You know, there was a lot of controversy around the game getting moved and um, sometimes in Supercoach you just take the early points and get on with it. Um, so... I do have Turbo in. I got Turbo in and I thought he'd go well against the Broncos, but the bounce back from the Broncos was really good and it was a night game. And um, But, yeah, personally, the way I'm, I am now, it's just a personal opinion. I think Tedesco will average 95 to 100. At the moment, he's priced at about a 90. Um, so you're going to get value for him if he averages anything 90 or above. Okay, um, and I think Ponger will average somewhere there too, so I think he's undervalued. But that's just my opinion. Um, so I'll be doing moving heaven and earth to try and get them into my side. I've even looked at trading out Turbo this week and bringing in Teddy and Ponger, but I miss it by about 20000 So unfortunately I won't be able to do it this week, so um, I'll have to do it over two weeks, I think. Yeah, fair play, mate. Uh, my gut feel still says I'm a very happy Ponger and Teddy owner. Um, I did manage to get Ponga's 159 last week as well. My gut feel still says, I mean, Teddy will be the number one, and I said that prior to this week, but I think Tommy Turbo can still edge Ponga, but, I mean, we've seen how good Ponga is behind that Knights pack, which have vastly improved, um, and with the new rules in play. So maybe he does push him. Spy, you did uh, an article today for us, basically for all the people out there trying to fit three into two, which doesn't go out of the big three fullbacks, um, and probably more so for the people that don't own Teddy and do they have to have Teddy? Is it the only option this week? Mate, give us a quick rundown of what you had, and then if anyone mm-hmm. wants to look at the full article and the full breakdown, they can jump onto the website. Yeah, mate, um, I was basically I was chatting to you boys before. When the game finished last night, I was sort of buzzing about how good Teddy played, but obviously being a non-owner, I was went into panic stations a little bit. So I'm like, how am I going to catch these points up? What am I going to do? Um, so I sort of had a thought about something we'd previously discussed on the podcast, which is rotating the three fullbacks in based on their matchups weekly. And I've had a look at fast-tracking that policy, the, the old fullback rotation policy, and... Essentially, the way it works, it's pretty basic. You just 
I've done a table up of the next six weeks. You could do the whole season if you want, but probably six weeks at a time makes sense to look at the draws of all the all the gun fullbacks. And each week you simply choose the two best matchups, use your trades to get that. Captain the the best to the best fullback against the weakest team. And that gives you every possibility of going multiple one fifty plus captain scores throughout the year. Now it's I've explained it pretty well in the article if you want, if anyone wants to jump on and have a read, but I've had a look at the next six weeks and what I'm personally gonna do this week is I already own Tommy Trevojevic. I think he can still be an absolute out and out superstar. It was only a few weeks ago he scored 150 and up towards the end of last year he was averaging nearly 90 and that was under the old rules. So I'm happy with Tommy for now, especially given he's got the Sharks next weekend. I'm going to bring in Ponga ahead of Tedesco this weekend. That's purely matchup based. Ponga has Brisbane and then North Queensland next weekend. Both can be very leaky. Ponga's in great form as Wilson discussed, whereas Teddy has Parramatta this week, who are obviously playing very good footy. That isn't to say he's not going to go off because him and the Roosters are absolutely blitzing it, but I'm just going to roll the dice a little bit there at his price. And then two weeks later, he plays Melbourne. So I'm basically gambling that Ponga and Travojevic are going to outscore Teddy over the next three weeks. And then from there, it's full rotation policy. If you want to have a look at the article, I've delved into what I'm going to do over a four-week period. And it, as I said, it revolves around dropping the, the gun fullbacks against tougher teams and bringing in the other gun fullbacks against teams like the Titans, Warriors. And the way it works out, it actually works out really, really well. So... I'm just chasing that massive captain score that I've missed out on and try to get it multiple times at the expense potentially of the rest of my side. I'm not I'm not destroying my side, but it just means a couple of little upgrades may not happen. It's obviously a flexible approach, but go on and check it out. The fullback rotation policy could be a match winner this year for mine. Yeah, I really like it, mate. I'll be doing it too, but the key to that is your point. Is that we have spoken about it the last couple of weeks, uh, but you're fast-tracking you will be Fighting, probably getting a, as a full, full strength 17 week in, week out earlier than um, anticipated. I'd still be keen. I know I'm in a good position with my fullbacks at the moment, but I'd be trying to lock in my top 17 with all those guns as quick as possible, then going under the rotation. But as you said, you're chasing the big 150s every week, so that does make sense to me. Um, so, yeah, anyway, it's a tough run with fullbacks. It's been tough since the start of year. We knew it was going to get tougher, and here we are. Um, <coughs> Guys, if you are interested and you're in a position to support the site, uh, we do have a subscription offer in place, $30 for the NRL package, $40 for NRL and Big Bash, which will get you through the end of the Big Bash season as well. That gives you access to a stack of extra premium content uh, throughout the the NRL and Big Bash seasons. Uh, A quick shout-out to our Supercoach Playbook Unlimited group as well. Uh, We've got some pretty decent numbers in it. And in that group, we've got eight players ranked in the top 100, which is a mammoth effort. Uh, Juiced Gorillas, coached by Ben, is in 10th place, so a massive effort from him. Uh, and there's a massive Canberra Raiders game day package, including flights and a few other things up for grabs uh, for the top-ranked subscriber to win that group. So check it out and subscribe if you are interested in that. Guys, let's get into the match-by-match analysis for the week, starting on Thursday night with the Knights versus the Broncos, 7.50 p.m. at Central Coast Stadium. Uh, this team information is courtesy of NRL.com. At the Knights, Lachlan Fitzgibbons returns from a hamstring injury in the second row. Aiden Guerra moves to the bench with Brody Jones out of the side. 
5'8 Trent Mann has been struggling with an ankle sprain, but he should have no drama suiting up after playing 80 minutes against Melbourne. Walson, I'll start with you. We've spoken about Caelan Ponga. Anything else that has taken your eye at the night? Uh, no, I think I think uh, Lachlan Fitzgibbon will be a good addition for Ponga. He's probably a better hole runner than uh, what Guerre. I've been really impressed with, um, obviously, Bradman Best. I mean, you've got to have him. Even if you, if you haven't got him by now, you're going to have to pay an extra 150 or 160,000, whatever he went up, but he's still worth getting. He's going to average a lot this year, even though it's probably been marginally inflated by tries, but I expect him to score a lot of tries, getting good ball off um, Ponga. Um, yeah, I've been really impressed with Kurt Mann. If you jagged him and threw him on the bench as a centre wing um, or as one of your centre wings, then you've got good value out of him. So hopefully he comes back from that injury and um, – yeah, I think that's probably it. Uh, Daniel Saifidi's another one who's who's performing really well. They're, they're a legitimate contender this year, the Knights. Yeah, that's it. Kurt, man, I started the year with him and didn't expect massive things. I thought he might average sort of 45 points and tick along and make a bit of money. Um, he's absolutely charging, averaging 55 points, 71 on the weekend. And um, I was a little bit worried with Kurt Capel going down on the weekend, and I'm pretty keen to try and get Munster in this week. But... Pretty happy to bring Kurtman into my side this week against Brisbane. So, yeah, Kurtman doing great things. David Clemmer finally came back to the pack and scored, I think it was mid-30s this week, um, which sort of had to happen eventually. His work rate's been massive. Um, Spy, anything to add at the Knights? Yeah, just the fact that Melbourne did it again. Uh, as soon as Clemmer as as ran into them, sub-40, they're just unbelievable at doing that week in, week out. Uh, but nothing further to add, lads, except that I really like the Knights this year. They're... Their defence in particular is so good. They present a united line. Their kick chase is good. Their contact is good. The, the job they did on guys like Pappenhausen and even Munster last weekend was top class, and they were bloody unlucky not to win it. So exciting stuff for Knights fans, and I think most footy fans would like to see them do well, but they could be a team that might be tough to score against in Supercoach. So interesting this, uh, interesting watch going forward. Spy, that was the first example of nothing further to add I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Always something, Dad, mate. Always something, Dad. <laughs> uh, over at the Broncos, we have plenty of changes once again, as happens every week at them with so many players coming in, so many players coming out injured. A uh, bit of a blow for Tony Staggs, owners sidelined after suffering a hamstring injury at training on Sunday. Corey Oates goes back to the wing. That second row experiment lasted a long time. Herbie Farnworth moves to centre to cover Staggs. Alex Glenn and TPJ return in the second row, and Joe Offer and Gowie moves to the bench with Reese Kennedy out of the 17. Um, I'll start with you, Wilson. TPJ is obviously the big in there for the Broncos. Uh, Isaac Luke's also in the reserve, so could come onto the bench and likely eat into a bit of time of Corey Pax. Um, what do you reckon, mate? Yeah, it's an interesting side. Um, Herbie Farmworth is a player that I rate, um, not really super coach relevant at this stage, but where it becomes relevant is. Um, where the Knights will put their attack this week. Um, I think they'll try to expose Darius Boyd. One thing I've noticed about Ponga is he struggled a little bit playing the right side of the field uh, in previous years. He's really sharpened up his game there. Um, so when he goes to the right, he tends to run a bit more because he doesn't pass as well, but um, he, he likes he likes running to the left side of the field. But um, uh, actually, that, that left side of the field, him running to the left side of the field, he would be going at Darius Boyd, I believe. Is Darius, or is Darius playing left or right? I think he's playing. I think he might be playing left, actually. I think he was left, yeah. Yeah, so I, I think I think they'll target those guys a bit. 
Um, the Broncos seem to be let's get in a good field position and put it up for Xavier Coates, which was quite effective for them. Um, but And they were much improved. But, um, yeah, they, they've still got some issues, the Broncos. I expect the, the Knights um, to handle them as long as they're physical and they come out of the blocks well. And, um, yeah, the, the, big, the big thing for me is will Isaac Luke come onto the bench because at the moment Tessie New is an AE nightmare for me and um, I haven't used – I haven't used my um, VC loop, and I'm getting a bit itchy to do that this year. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's we'll get on to captains a little bit later, but I was trying to suss mine out for the podcast, and I've got Ponga, who I wanted to VC, but that means I then can't captain Teddy. Then you've got uh, Payne Haas, who's also playing the Thursday night game, so you might have to straight <laughs> captain one of them. Um, a few tough decisions regarding captains this week. Um, Spy, what are your thoughts to Brisbane, mate? Yeah, their forward pack's starting to come along again. Um, they've had a lot of guys out, and they're slowly getting fellas back. So it'll be interesting to see what they can do moving forward. Uh, big watch for me is Jermaine Asako. I've held on to him um, through a couple of tough weeks. I didn't actually play him last weekend, and I probably won't even play him this weekend either, to be honest. Um, I might even throw in young Hammer at fullback for the Cowboys, but I might hold him for the, the easy run coming up for Brisbane and see how he goes. Outside of that, um, just the obvious boys like Haas and Carrigan, but the big clash and the Thursday night factor, again, it always concerns me because I'd love to throw the captaincy straight on Ponga, and I may well do it, but I'm always nervous Thursday night to do that, lads. Yeah, um, we've spoken about it time and time again, but I'm, I'm a massive advocate of the Thursday night captain because I, I don't really know why, but People are so scared of doing it because they want to have a crack at the VC loophole, which, again, I'm, I'm repeating myself, but people VC loop once, maybe twice a season max. Like, I don't know if I did it at all last season. I might have done it in a bye week or something, which kind of doesn't count. Um, but because of that, you can get these real these gun players who should be real popular captains who are low captain captain rates because of it so um if you're interested in ponga or Haas, just go for it don't worry about the lack of loophole there um Rabbitohs warriors friday 6 p.m at bankwest stadium at the Rabbitohs south run change from the thumbing of the titans james roberts remains outside of the 17 on the extended bench um spy i'll start with you they knocked off the titans pretty easily but probably not what you'd really want to see with how the titans have been going yeah, and um, I missed a little bit of this match, but the Titans started to come back into it a bit um, when I was watching, and South are yet to fully convince me. Luttrell was a bit more involved and played a lot better, but he juggled his ball for a try and got a little bit lucky on a grubber. So I'm not fully convinced on Luttrell yet. I can understand people wanting to bring him in, but um, look, I guess if you're going to do it against the Warriors, 6 o'clock Friday is, is as good a time as any, but he'll be a big watch. But I'm going to stay clear of him for the moment and concentrate on my fullbacks like I discussed before. Um, outside of that, Cody Walker just walks straight back in. Gee, that man's a good footballer, um, and he may become relevant if the Bunnies can get on a bit of a roll. Yeah, Cam Murray played only about 52 minutes, was, which was tough to see as an owner. Um, I've stuck by him for a while, and he's been good, but without setting the, the world alight except for maybe one tonne there. Um, I'm convinced he's going to be very good under these new rules and the quicker luck, these little guys are going to be exceptional and he's going to be no different. Um, the risk is in these easy matchup is matchups is for the big minute forwards. Naturally, they have big arrests when the game has already been won, which happened to Cam on the weekend. So because he didn't have any attacking stats to bump him up, he only finished up with about 50, 55 sort of thing there. 
Um, whilst a new roll the dice brought in Latrell and it paid off, how convinced are you with him going forward? Uh, I'm going to keep him now. I see him as finishing off in my centre wing. I, I don't see him getting any worse. The, the thing, you've got to temper it for the fact that um, if you went through the averages for the last two or three years and definitely this year so far, every fullback scores great against the Titans. I, it just, It's just, I, I wouldn't even say it's an anomaly, but it's a pattern really that, you know, if you're a fullback and you play against the Titans, you just score well. That's just what happens. You know, Dewey scored 90 or something the other day uh, when West Tigers played them and they and they even they rolled them. But they fullback and and that's that it'll come up a bit later when I look at a bit of left field plays. But you know, Matt Dufty has to be a serious consideration for people looking to for a quick cash grab coming off a ton against the Sharks, going into a Titans game and then going into a tough draw, but the way he played against the Sharks and the number of tackle breaks and um, because Clune isn't really a dominant player and really neither is Corey Norman, a lot of their ball playing and um, playmaking came off him. So if they're going to go okay this weekend against the Titans, I think you're going to see a big score from Matt Dufty, who's not a player I really would like to go with, but I'm sort of half considering it. Yeah, bring him in for one week, make a hundred thousand on him, hopefully, and then trade him on to someone else, sort of thing. So, um, but I've, I've digressed a little bit there. But basically, um, I think Latrell is a hold in the centre wing. I don't think he's, he'll come down in price. Uh, he's running a lot more. He's a lot more involved. His touches are quality. He looks fitter. Uh, so I'd be if you're getting in Latrell, I think you can be safe to get him in. You're paying premium value for him. And you can keep him in the centre wing and feel safe with that. Um, Cameron Murray, yeah, he was very unlucky. He played so well. Like, to look at the game and go, he got 55, it's a bit unlucky because he was so good at quick play the balls and getting half through a gap and nearly scoring tries. So I'd stick with him if I was you, Timmy. Yeah, absolutely. Latrell's, I think he's about 9% ownership coming into this round, which is obviously going to grow. Um, he's a guy I'm really looking at replacing Kurt Capel with, whether, whether it be this week or next week, depending on the trades. Um, and then Damien Cook's the other one who just can't quite seem to hit the skid. He's a bit of a bit of a Pappenhausen this season in that he's not far off, but he's starting to run a little bit, but not as much as we'd be hoping under the new rules. But I mean, whether or not Cook ends up top two hookers, I've said all year that he would. Um, I'm getting more and more sceptical every week, particularly with how good Cam Smith's going there. Um, Wilson, I'll throw you back to you with the Warriors, who are unchanged after last week's win over North Queensland. Mate, not much to touch on there, I'd say, but Jermaine Tanoa Brown can be moved on in coming weeks. He's got an unbelievable points per minute output, but he's not quite getting the minutes. He's at about 38 to 40 minutes at the moment. Um, and Eliezer Katoa playing 80 minutes. I was forced to play him on the weekend. Not forced, but when Big Red, Corey Horsburgh pulled out with Gastro, um, Katoa came in for me and scored 80 points. Anything to add at your Warriors? Oh, no, I think they're a bit of a flaky side, just the way that they're made up. They're probably Their list is probably not as strong as other lists. But in saying that, if they get Fusatua back, I think that they should look to play Fusatua on the wing and keep Jared Beal in at right centre because Jared Beal's been – one thing he has been really impressive with is his defence. Like, he's a lockdown defender. Um, and he can he, he can do a little bit with the ball, but um, I think Fusatua with those carrybacks is really good. 
it's it's interesting to see how RTS has sort of paled this year. You would have thought it would have suited him um, on return. I'm not sure that he won't make a run at some stage, but whether it's going to be anywhere near what Teddy Ponger and Turbo, um, I just I don't think he's a consideration. Cody Nicarim is an interesting one because he's goal kicking now and he's doing a lot of ball playing and uh, a bit like Cody Walker, he can go really really big, but when he doesn't get those attacking stats, he, he can bang out a 25 or a 30 as well. So it's a risk-reward play. Katoa is enormous, um, and his relies on him getting attacking stats. I think he's probably about a 50 average without him. And then if he gets some offloads and attacking stats and maybe jags a try, he can go 70, 80-plus. So uh, Tohu Harris is, is pretty solid, but um, I think he's – yeah, there's probably better options out there like Maddo and um, – Cam McInnes as well, so yeah, yeah, and that's it. And, and we speak about Katoa saying, you know, if he doesn't score, get those attacking stats. It's a fifty average. This is a guy who's still growing rapidly in price. He's only at three hundred and ninety k. So, I mean, to have the luxury of having him in your team and being able to play him in seventeens at the moment is just excellent. Um, I feel really comfortable playing him in my seventeen because. I think I've likened him a little bit to Viliami Kikau, but I can see him getting attacking stats most week, whether that be a line break or a try. Or a, um, So, yeah, pretty happy with Eliesa. Panthers Storm, Friday, 6.55 p.m. at Campbelltown Stadium. Bit going on at Penrith. Dylan Edwards, Edwards returns from injury at fullback, bumping Caleb Aikens to the reserves. Liam Martin, who was really impressive coming on on the weekend, replaces the injured Kurt Capel in the back row. Huge blow for Capel owners. I had him locked into my centre wing, and I was so happy with him um, because of a few priority other trades last week. A lot of people had to miss out on him, um, but that hurt when he went off. Um, Spy, I'll start with you. Penrith? Well, quick follow-up story, lads, to last week's tale of when I forgot to bring in Harry Grant on the Saturday night, and I was absolutely filthy. It was, it was keeping me awake at night. Not really, but maybe a little bit. And what it meant was that I couldn't bring in Kurt Capewell the following round, which would be last weekend. I wasn't necessarily going to do it, but there was a huge chance I would have brought Capewell into my centres with that extra trade I would have freed up. So all week I just wanted Katoni Staggs to outscore Capewell or go close, and I was going to take it and be happy. As it turned out, Staggs, he knocked out mid-50s, Capewell went down in the first minute, and I couldn't believe my luck. The old super coach gods looked after me there, but... Uh, obviously, for owners, it's very unfortunate, but injuries are a part of the game. Um, happy Coruscant's going along well. Um, Penrith's just stacked with talent at the moment. If you own the Penrith guys, just just hold on to them, let them roll and, and sell on if you need to. Nathan Cleary's a huge watch because he's going to the top half, I'm sure of it. Mitch Moses is playing some much-improved footy, but I just think Cleary's style of play and the fact Penrith are going well will mean he's the man. So amongst my possible fullback rotation policy, I'm going to try and go Moses to Cleary in a couple of weeks after his tough run ends. Um, and obviously Isaiah Yeo is just a monster in the centres, so he's, he's going great. Yeah, Cleary for me, I'm happy to wait a couple of weeks on him, same as you, and prioritise a few other blokes. Um, you know, obviously the fullbacks, if people don't have them, and I think they're bigger priorities at the moment, um, and then the other one is obviously Cam McInnes. Uh, I actually ended up rolling the dice late last week and going Appy Coruscant out and then going down to Grant, which I was going to do this week, but do it with Braley, um, and then which allowed me to go Pappen- Pappenhausen to Teddy instead of going Ponga to Teddy. 
um, which paid off really well for me so far. And Appy ain't even under yet, I think, 60-odd as well. So um, whether that bites me in the bum, if Appy goes big in the next couple of weeks, but with that tough draw, um, looking good so far. Walson, Penrith, mate? Yeah, I think that's it. I think you've nailed it. Like the, the tough draw makes it interesting. I don't think it'll affect players like Yo. Um, probably not even Mansell because they've got such good base. To a certain extent, Appy's he's still going to bang out sort of 50 tackles or so um, um, unless they want to rest him. So he, he's always going to be solid. Um, a lot of people – I've heard a lot of noise about oh, bringing in Cook and bringing in Smith, but I still think Appy is a hold at this stage. Or, you know, like he's right up there with um, the top point-scoring hookers. Um, yeah, Cleary was disappointing, like super coach wise I thought. Um, so – that is going to be an interesting watch. The halfback position itself is quite a tough one to nail down moving forward. Um, I think most people will stay safe and stick with Moses and Cleary, but I'm not sure that um, I think both of them probably have some small scores in them as well. So finding an answer to that halfback position is going to be a challenge. Uh, Liam Martin's an interesting one. That's probably, he's probably not relevant at the moment, but he has been. If he gets that eighty-minute role on the right edge, um, he'll be an interesting player to watch for sure. Yeah, he wasn't. And he's he's obviously the big winner out of this all. Had a bit of a look in this afternoon. He's four hundred and fifty k. So it's um, I'm sort of hoping he might be a bit cheaper after a few stints off the bench, but it hasn't sort of turned out that way. Um, I think the big winner from this is Isaiah Yo, who we saw play 58 minutes last week. Sorry, like week before, should I say? Um, with no capel there, and and you know Viliami Kikau probably playing his 60 to 70 minutes. Martin probably playing similar. I think Yo looks completely locked into 80 minutes if he wasn't already. Um, so massive for Isaiah Yo, and he's just an absolute must-have at centre wing. At Melbourne, we got there. They don't change much. Brandon Smith is once again named on the bench despite replacing Christian Christian Welch in the starting side on game day in the past two rounds, and could again be promoted to start on Friday night. Spy, I'll start with you, mate. Uh, you got a few thoughts. You find there were there were comments today on a few of the the posts regarding questions, just saying, tell the spy he needs to think with his brain and not with his heart and cut ties with Pappenhausen. Are you doing it, everyone? Please dub over the sad music if you can, Tim. Pappenhausen is out for the spy this week. Little Pappy gone. Sorry, I'm just getting a little bit emotional. Um, but but he is he is part of my fullback rotation policy. I've had to keep him in here somehow. And the way I'm going to get my real love for Pappy later in the year, if you jump ahead to round, I think it's 12 or 13, I've mentioned in the article, he plays the Titans on a Saturday afternoon from memory. Barring something changing, Pappy will be my skipper that week and he will score 130 and I can't wait just to have 10 beers afterwards and celebrate. But, yes, I'm selling him. I'm going to go up to Ponga this week. Um, I genuinely think Newcastle did a hell of a job on Melbourne last week and they really locked down Pappenhausen, Munster and co. And I still rate Pappy enormous, but it's just not going his way at the moment. And with Melbourne's tough draw, they just don't have many easy teams yet coming up. So... Time to cut ties. Um, yeah, I just need a minute, boys. You just can chat away for a second. <laughs> Tough times for little pappy. Um, yeah, on Melbourne, I Cam Munster's a guy I, I want to get into my team this week for the same reason as, you know, your teddies and your pongers. You look at the guys who can go really big 
and get you these massive jumps in the rankings. It's Ponger, it's Teddy, it's Turbo. After them three, it's probably Cameron Munster, who has the best knack for going large. I don't really like Melbourne's upcoming draw, but Munster's proven pretty fixture-proof over the last couple of years. Um, and I just I want to be on him. I think he's going a big 100-plus soon, um, and I want to have him, and I want to be prepared for when he does. Um, not massively owned, so eyeing off Munster this week. Cam Smith is the other one. Where do you fit him in with Harry Grant, Appy Coruscant, a couple of other things going on in the hooking rotation? Um, Wilson, what are your thoughts down at Melbourne? Yeah, Cam Smith's always a really good play, and I think he showed last week that he's not too old. So he's responded there. Um, some really good try assists and just really dominating the game on the back of the forwards, winning uh, winning against Newcastle. Um, I think that the obviously Pappenhausen, I, I think he's probably been exposed a little bit. He, you know, they've worked him out in terms of he doesn't really have those ball-playing, playmaking stats that you, a Ponga and a Teddy and a Turbo have. So he's not really going to be in that echelon. Like He had such a phenomenal work rate where he was just basically a ball hog. He was just taking run after run after run. But teams have got really physical with him, and he's, he doesn't seem to have the same amount of runs. Like He was taking 25, almost 30 runs a game in some games for Melbourne. He was just taking the ball uh, when he first came in. So... Um, I'm prepared to, you know, give him a miss for the rest of the year unless something changes drastically. Branko Lee is one that um, I know Des was looking at as a real left-field pod. Um, for anyone who watched the, the Panthers-Eels games, you know, they'd know that the Panthers were basically winning that game until Wunga Blake came out and just gave Crichton an absolute bath. So, yeah, he's going to be down on confidence. And Branko Lee's a really good attacking player, so... Um, he might be worth a look because he, I think he banged out a 50 and he basically did nothing uh, last week. Um, and obviously, Munster, you want him in your side, but it's just how do you get him in there? And, and you like, like you said, Timmy, you don't know when he's going to go big, um, but even when he doesn't do that much, he always he always seems to jag like updates to 45 or 55. He rarely puts puts in a score under 40, so. <laughs> Um, in terms of that position, he's definitely the best player to have in the six. It's just what he, what are your priorities and how quickly can you get him? Yeah, exactly right. Are you picking him over a Kem Kinnis or a Caelan Ponger or something like that? As we said, you can't have them all. Um, and it's the same deal with Cameron Smith where because Hooker is such a strong position this year and we've got guys like Harry Grant and to a far less degree, Blake Braley, who have been solid options for their given price and that <laughs> happy chorus how um, you just you can afford to forego them in their positions because there's other guys scoring well at a big discount. Um, Brenko is interesting. Brenko's a guy I had locked into my team for round one until he wasn't picked. Really, really like him as a super coach player and more so playing at Melbourne. The issue is just job security down there. He, defense is not his strength, never has been and probably never will be, although the Melbourne system will help him out immensely. Um, I just see Paul Momorowski looming there in 21. Uh, big regard, uh, big sort of respect for Paul Momorowski at the Tigers, and I know Melbourne and Craig Bellamy signed him for that reason. Wouldn't shock me to see him come in at some stage. Um, Titans v Dragons Saturday at three pm. Boy, that is going to be an enthralling contest, <laughs> um, and we're not going to spend much time on this. However, new signing Corey Thompson starts at fullback. Philip Sammy moves to the wing. Brian Kelly to centre, and Dale Copley is out injured. Um, look, the only point of interest at the Titans, I think, Spy, is Jai Arrow, you're an owner, are you selling? 
No, I'm going to hold on to him. Um, it's a real tough one. I've got a few other priority areas. And Arrow, again, a few things don't always go his way. He got shifted out to the centres last weekend for the last 20, uh, which potentially cost him those 15, 20 late points. So he probably would have got 70 again. Um He's probably in someone I may move on in, in the coming month if, if time allows. But as I said, just bigger priorities at the moment. And if you can get just a full game in the middle, 60, 70, 80 minutes, then he's banging out good numbers and he's not going to hurt me too badly. So just to watch on him for the moment, but just in my side for the moment, mate. Yeah. At the Dragons, James Graham returns to the starting side with Trent Merrin back to the bench in the Dragons' only change. <clears throat> Terrell Furimaono played 58 minutes, which was awesome for people who jumped on. Play, played him at centre wing, you know, a big, strong ball running back row in your centre wing. How good, probably playing 80 minutes. Only got 58, which is all right, minutes. Got about 28 points. I don't know how you can possibly do that as a big minute back rower, but um, that was a big blow for those who jumped on him for the price rise and a few safe points at centre wing. Um, Whilst and probably the only other real point of interest there, you've already chatted about Matt Dufty. But Cam McGuinness is obviously an absolute must. You know, just how good is he going to be in Supercoach this year? And why do we think his average has gone through the roof into that elite tier of Supercoach player? Well, as Daz pointed out, you know, in our chat during the week, he, he's always been an elite Supercoach player, but he's been a, uh, an elite Supercoach player like that that's finished in maybe, you know, the top 10 most years, I think, um, or for a few years at least anyway. And... Um, but his problem is he, he doesn't have that really big upside, um, which is not – I mean, you, you, you do get a Smith um, that's dominated the position, but the fact that he's got that dual position um, eligibility makes him really interesting. He's never had that before. You know, in the past, everyone's gone, okay, Cook, Smith, oh, McInnes is fair, but he hasn't got that upside of try assists and all that type of stuff and scoring tries himself. So – becomes a real proposition for everyone because he's available in the second row and effectively he is playing as a running lock. Like, I mean, I, I expect them to do rinse repeat on what they did on the weekend is 20 minutes at hooker and then Hunt comes on at hooker and he moves to a, um, a lock roll and he'll stay on for the whole game. You do worry about a 91 kilo player, you know, against the better team's you know, playing that position, like, is he going to get hurt? Is he going to be able to sustain that type of thing? But from what I've seen, he was fairly agile, um, made some good tackle breaks, had a good work rate, um, and he's tough as they come. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't knock anyone getting him. It's going to be hard for me to find a way to get him into my side. But, yeah, certainly I'm, I'm not going to go as far – yet to say that he's a must, but I think he's pretty close to it. Yeah, I think, see, in past ends, I don't think he's been an out-and-out gun. He averaged 68 last year, which is very good, obviously, years prior, 60 and 58. But I think he's just another benefactor of the new rules and the quicker ruck, and probably more than the quicker ruck, just the more ball in play. I think the ball in play is up about three minutes, which for a guy like Cam McInnes is just more tackles. He's averaging 73 in base this year, which is just absolutely obscene. Obviously, he missed the first two rounds, so all three of his games have come under those new rules. And because his workload's going up, you know, you talk about him being a 91-kilo back row-up, you know, rounds one and two, that would have been a, a more of an issue than now where we're seeing these smaller boats come into play. It almost negates it a little bit. Um, certainly a concern going forward, but 
you know, I think just keep saying it, but the little guys are just going to thrive. And Cam Murray with base like that, holy dooly, he's, he's hard not to have in your team. Um, anyway, we'll move on from that game because there's not much else going on. Uh, West Tigers Cowboys, Saturday 5.30 at Campbelltown Stadium at the Tigers. Luciano Leilua's battling an ankle ligament chamber has been named to play. Robert Jennings returns on the wing for Tommy Talau, which was a short-lived little stint on the wing for him. Luke Garner replaces Chris Lawrence in the second row. Matt Eisenhuth mm. and Sam McIntyre replace Alex Safarth in the suspended Russell Packer on the interchange. Benji Marshall still on the extended bench. Um, Spy, thoughts on the Tigers? You've got Alex Twoll <laughs> there who played another 80 minutes, 78 points. Um, for me, he's the number two front row option to Payne Hassel. You probably have to have David Nofaluma finally came back down to earth after just blitzing the first five rounds. He still managed 48-odd points. Um, anything to add at the Tigers? Yeah, Alex Twell is huge at the moment. Um, as you said, I'll have a big eye on him moving forward. He's just knocking out boring, boring tackles and runs. He basically does nothing else. He never rushes out of the line. He doesn't put pressure on. He just tackles and runs, which is fine. And that's exactly what you want for Supercoach. So I'll be trying to get him in sooner rather than later. I'm prioritising McInnes above him at the moment, who you discussed previously, because I think he's just a monster with his tackles and runs. But 12's right up there. I'm excited to see Harry Grant against the Cowboys. Um, he could do anything, that boy. Um, it was a tougher game against the Raiders last weekend, but with his tackling and running game, Geez, exciting prospect, and obviously Nofaluma. If he could have a few quiet games and crash back down in price, that'd be bloody lovely. Um, and I own Luciano as well, as do you. So hopefully he's healthy and we can, we can knock out a, a big score for us um, to, to keep the momentum rolling there. Yeah, Walsh, what are your thoughts of the Tigs? Yeah, I guess I've, I love the effort that they put in the other night. Um, they're, Maguire's in a period where he's – Similar to what Holbrook's doing, he's moving around his roster, having a good look at what he's got. Um, so you saw, you know, like the changes that he's making. Um, Eisenhuth, Sam McIntyre on the bench is interesting. So I think, you know, he gave Chris Lawrence. Chris Lawrence has been there and thereabouts. I think he he can pretty much, you know, he, he, I don't know if he's got any any more left in his career apart from a little bit of depth, you know, if someone gets injured. Russell Packer was really poor for him, almost cost him the game in some respects, so I don't expect to see him back in A grade. He's not suited to it because he's carrying a fair bit of um, condition like like he normally does. I think this is getting close to their best side um, that they're putting out there. I thought Tommy Talao actually was pretty good, but he might be just trying to blood him and also on the same – side of things, giving Robert Jennings a bit of a rocket because Robert Jennings is a legitimately good player, but um, the what the, the performance he tossed up against the Titans was really poor. Um, I think Luke Brooks is still, you know, even though he's had a couple of 40s, he's, he, I think he could still go off at some stage. Um, he hasn't done much for those 40s. He's capable of it. Uh, obviously, I'm hoping Noffa keeps going. I think uh, Dewey is a good pod. Um, I think he's just going to get better and better. His scores are going to um, stay consistently above 50 and 60. Um, and I think Harry Grant's got more in him to offer against a side like the Cowboys where they're a bit looser around the ruck. So I expect a big score from him this week as well. 
Yeah, Grant's just sort of finding his feet a little bit in the top gate. He looks good, but you said it. It's the running game that we know he's got. He's creative in and around the ruck, but you know he's, he's very much eased his way in in that sense. But we're going to see him gain more and more confidence. He's going to get better and better, and I think there are attacking stats going to come. Um, and you're right. with the. I think coaches are all – they're learning on their feet at the moment. It's almost like – they're, they're coaching a completely new game under these new rules that they had bugger all time to prepare for because they came in so abruptly. Um, so we're seeing like the 14 to 21 man part of the squad just changing at so many clubs in week in, week out, and we'll get to it a bit more later at the Raiders, but they're trying to work out um, what the best formation for a bench is. And, you know, I think it's probably leaning more towards guys like me, Michael Cheekham coming in, these fleet-footed um, back rowers who can offer a bit of footwork around the ruck to, to quicken up the play of the ball and get those repeat sets of six. Um, so we're seeing heaps of changes to benches, not as much set 13s, but definitely the benches at the moment. At the Cowboys, Val Holmes and Jordan McLean are both out injured. Tom Gilbert is suspended. Uh, the hammer starts at fullback, really exciting prospect. I think he scored about 66 on the weekend, pretty well playing the full game at fullback. His basement price and looks a really good uh, downgrade option to cash in a bit of money in the next week or two. Corneli Lumi Lou, uh, I can't pronounce his name, Corneli Lumi Lou is on the side, is into the side on the wing. Francis Milo starts at prop. Ben Hampton, anyone that still owns him, he's been named at 14, which is a blow back into his classic utility role. Corey Jensen and Peter Holler join the interchange with Ruben Codder dropping off the bench. See, the Cowboys are another side who have just chopped and changed their interchange again. It's been a little bit of, as a result of injuries, but so many changes there. Um, Spy, what are your thoughts at the Cowboys? Probably not too much to add other than, I mean, SR Masters and Scott Drinkwater have both hit the skids big time. Yeah, they've been a little bit unlucky. I'm a big fan of Scotty Drinkwater and how he plays, and he's an attacking-minded player. Uh, didn't really go his way last week until late in the game. Esan Masters had an absolute Barry Crocker last week. He he somehow still scored 14 points. I dead set thought he might end up on minus two once he got sin-binned. Um, but, look, I think he's still a good play going forward. But as mentioned last week, I'd want Michael Morgan back before I get him in my side. And exciting to see the hammer at fullback. I started with him on my bench uh, for round one. So, nice. as I mentioned earlier, I'm going to uh, I'm going to play him this week against the Tigers uh, rather than playing Asako against the Knights. I think uh, he could be a nice play on Sadiabo. See what he can do. Huge pod play there. <coughs> Whilst, would you be selling – do you own Esan? Yeah, I do, unfortunately. Um, I thought he was going to be one of the lock-in players. That's something that I've got terribly wrong. Um, he might come out and go all right this week, but um, Masters is the type of player that seems to get better scores against better teams. So uh, if you believe in him, now's the time to keep him, but he's just bleeding cash and I've got to get rid of him because um, well, that's essentially what I did is brought Latrell in at fullback and then trade out S and move move Latrell into the centre wing and bring in a fullback. So um, that's my plan. And it, it, it leaves me with a really strong centre wing that I shouldn't really have to touch. I've, you know, at the moment I'd have no, Nofo, um, Isaiah Yo, and Latrell Mitchell. And then um, I'll look at getting probably Bradman Best as well um, at some stage. So I think that'd be a really strong four to go with for the rest of the year. Um, probably Mansour's the, the main one that I've, I've missed out there. Um, they'd probably be the five best centre wings. But, um, yeah, I, I think 
I think the hammer is a legitimate play because a lot of their attack is going to come from him. What worries me about having any Cowboys players at all, particularly Drinkwater as well, um, is West looked really good and really desperate in defence uh, against Canberra. And if they reproduce that, um, there won't be a lot of points on offer for the Cowboys. It was a really gritty, un-West-like performance. Um where they focused on their defence and similar to the way Canberra did when they were a real attacking team and Ricky Stewart made a conscious decision to focus on their defence and then the attack had come on top of it, I feel like Maguire is going in a similar direction. So um, it may be something to keep an eye on. Yeah, great shout, mate. Um, 7.35 Saturday night, Roosters v Eels. This is going to be a corker of a game. We're going to find out just how good the Roosters are under this new rule and whether or not Parramatta are genuine title contenders. Uh, Jar Borea Hargraves was close to playing the Bulldogs on Monday. He returned to prop. Lindsay Collins goes back to the bench. Sam Verrills replaces Mitch Orbison on the interchange, which is very significant because it all but assures Angus Crichton of that 80-minute role on the edge, which we were so worried about all year because of Orbison's presence on the extended bench through off-field issues and a few other things, like personal reasons. I think he missed the first few rounds. Um, but Crichton, who banged out a ton on the weekend, just looks exceptional and a really good pod player. He's still only at 3%. We're all talking about these Madisons and um, Cam McInnes and these guys. Well, bloody hell, Angus Crichton looks all right. Um, James Tedesco had a new Supercoach record, but we spoke about him already in depth. Luke Keary, who I've been a big advocate of all season as a pod, somehow only managed about 18 points in that game. I honestly don't know how that happened. Um, Spy, anything at the Roosters for you? Just to watch for me, mate, is someone I spoke about in the preseason, Kyle Flanagan. Um, the Roosters playing as well as they are, and him goal-kicking, goal and he's not a bad support player as well. Perhaps he is someone that, if you need some cash, you could downgrade a Moses to him and, and see how it goes because he's going to have some big scores in him um, when the Roosters tear apart some sides inevitably as the year goes on. Just just brainstorming that on the spot there, thinking out loud, but that's maybe an option. Um, outside of that, as you mentioned, Crichton's a huge play. If he's starting back row for the Roosters, good combination with Teddy. Um, mate, he'd, be, he'd be nice to own, wouldn't he? Yeah, and just to reinforce it, um, in case you missed it, the Roosters do play the Dragons next weekend. So if you are looking at James Tedesco, I mean, he, he's going to be a hard man to watch next weekend and he's going to be a big price after this week towards 900K. So something to think about. Um, anything to add at the Roosters, Walsh? No. I mean, I'm still looking at my team, trying to work out how I can get in Ponga and Tedesco. It's going to be a real struggle. But they're the two players I really want. Um, I think Teddy oh, – I've been really impressed with the lock, um, Victor Radley. Geez, he's been t- he's been really impressive in real NRL play, but he's been setting up some pretty decent um, scores for Supercoach as well. I'm not sure how he went last night. I wasn't watching that closely, but um, he's been getting some decent scores and um, he's def- definitely a pot as well. But, yeah, I, I think it's all about Teddy. I do think, like I said earlier, I do think you need to get him into your side. Um, and I think the eventual winner will come from someone who had Ponga at his base price and probably had Teddy at his base price because that's going to be such an advantage. So, yeah. Yeah, you look at the um, the overall team value in sort of four to six weeks' time. Um, I mean, we, we speak about how important it is to go 
you know, to sort of prioritise points over cash, but you still need to have that cash there. Like, we can't be going silly on it. Um, so, yeah, no, that, that, that's a good shout. At Parramatta, Kane Evans is unavailable after being suspended for one game for dangerous contract contact in the win over Penrith. Oregon Kafusi replaces Evans on Parramatta's bench. Um, I'll start with you, Wiles. Mate, we'll, we'll get into more detail about the gun halves a little bit later and who you want to have, but... I mean, Mitch Moses, Dylan Brown, they're sort of being neither here nor there. What are your thoughts on the Eels side at the moment? I feel like Dylan Brown might be the player that, you know, when you look at the hearts, you go, uh, who's the player moving forward? I feel like it might be Dylan Brown, but I can't bring myself to buy him at this price because I could have had him, you know, because I liked him at the start of the year at 430. So as a value proposition to buy him, at 536, it seems like I'm buying him high when, you know, the rule of Supercoach is to buy low. So that's that's the difficult position that you're in now. If you've missed players, and um, then that's that's what you're dealing with. You've just got to really have a look at the situation and see. But, like, some of his scores, he doesn't do a lot, but he's still, he's still the last three weeks, he's, he's banged out 52, 81, and 49 against Pan- uh, the Panthers, and he got Sinbin. So, yeah, I-, I feel like Dylan Brown's good. Like Mitchell Moses is playing really good footy, really good NRL footy, but it's not necessarily translating to massive super coach scores. But again, they're solid enough to keep him. Yeah, we just we tipped on a, a couple of times over the last few weeks, but the rise of Dylan Brown has meant that both players are getting almost an even share of ball in the in the opposition's red zone, like. Probably Brown's getting even more, which has surprised me more than anything. But, I mean, the scores are almost reflecting that. and They're both sort of matching each other without going large, even though Parramatta have been winning and playing some good footy. Um, so, I mean, whether or not that continues, I'm not sure. But uh, I think it just probably impacts both of those players' ability to go large and get the three-figure scores that you need from a gun half. Um, anyway, um, Spy, Para. Just quickly, boys, full disclosure to everyone. I think Walson's man crush on Dylan Brown might nearly match my one on Pappenhausen. <laughs> so just be careful what you, he says about Brown. I'm, I'm actually a huge fan of Brown as well, especially real NRL-wise, but I just think super coach wise as you said, there's there's too much shared footy. He'll go well. He's a good option, but he's not goal-kicking. There's better options there. Um, for me as well, quickly, Ryan Madison is absolutely killing it. Jeez, a good such a good player, um, good combination with Moses developing, and I think the super coach matchup of the weekend could be Crichton versus Madison to see who top scores. That could be a good little battle. Yep, and for anyone looking at bringing in any Parramatta attacking players, have a listen to their next five rounds. They've got the Roosters, the Raiders, the Cowboys at Bankwest. That's a nice one. Knights, and then Manly, and then into the Tigers. So really, really tough next month and a bit coming up. Um, so as far as Brown, Moses, you know, Sevo, these guys go, um, it's all right if you own them, but I wouldn't be looking to jump on anytime soon in the next sort of month. Um, speaking of blockbuster games, I can't wait for this one. Raiders versus Seagulls, Sunday, 4.05 p.m. at Campbelltown Stadium at the Raiders. Big red Corey Horsburgh back in business. Denami Louie drops out of the 17. Hudson Young back from a suspension for that eye gouge from last year. That felt like an eternity ago. And they replace... He replaces Bailey Simonson on the bench. Uh, really interesting because it's been a long time since the Raiders haven't had a utility back on the bench. Um, Hudson Young comes back in, who's obviously the back rower. 
they we spoke before. I mentioned about how I think they're trying to work out the best formation for a bench and you know how agile, fleet-footed back rolls and forwards are going to be the beneficiaries of the new rules. Dynamis Louis, who hasn't missed a game for the Raiders in absolutely yonks unless he's been injured, um, he's been cut from the 17, which which shocked me this afternoon because he's been a starting player for them for a long time now and was a key part of their grand final side last year. Um, Spy, I'll start with you at the Raiders. Mate, they've got the pretty much the same 17 each week. What do you reckon? Yeah, probably not a lot to add compared to previous weeks. Very similar side. Georgie Williams continues to impress. He's such a good player. I enjoy watching him. Going pretty well in Supercoach as well. And as we said last week, um, anyone that started with Tarpany and Horsburgh and the like should be absolutely stoked. Um, but it probably gets to a point sooner rather than later. You may look to upgrade to an out-and-out gun, um, but I'll leave, the, leave that for you to decide. Um, outside of that, Josh Papali hasn't set the world on fire just yet, but the further the season goes on, that guy will get better and better the fitter he gets. So close watch and could be a nice little Sammy Pod play as the season goes on. Yeah, I've got Taps and Big Red, and I'm very happy about it. But, yeah, they will look to become the likes of like a Cameron McGinnis-type player in the next couple of weeks. I love it, the Raiders, Jack White and George Williams in the halves, these direct ball-running halves. Um, there's a few queries whether or not they'd be able to organise a team well enough as they're both you know traditional ball-running 5'8". But, I mean, Josh Hodgson's up his hand there and, and looked after that. Jackie and George, they're just they're both so direct, and I think it brings the back rollers, Elliot Whitehead and Joe Tapney into play. So I think there's a few attacking stats to come for Joe Tapney based on that. So I'm hoping for maybe a few 80-plus scores in the next couple of weeks. Um, and we've seen Elliot Whitehead carve up on that left edge as well outside Jackie White, and largely because of Jack White. And um, anything to add at the Raiders, Walson? No, I think he was covered it all all pretty well. This is um, should be a crap game. I, I, there. The Raiders are probably going favourites because um, Manly are down on troops a little bit. Yeah. And at Manly, there is a few key outs there as well. Marty Tapao, dislocated thumb, massive blow for his owners. He left early in the game on the weekend. He's out. Moses Sully has also been kicking along really nicely as a pod. He's out with a broken or a finger something or other. Brendan Elliott moves in at centre. Adam Fanua Blake stays a prop. Uh, he actually came off the bench last week, I think it was. Curtis Sirenen returns from injury in the second row for Corey Waddell and Morgan Boyle joins the bench. Um, Tommy Trebojevic finally gets his day game, which we know how big day games have been for, I mean, any supercoach player, but particularly for Tommy Trebojevic in the past. He has an exceptional record against the Raiders in supercoach. I don't have the exact stats, but, boy, he's put some scores on them in the past, some big, big tons. Um, Whilst we'll start with you, mate, we've spoken at Tommy in length. Anything else to add at Manly? Nothing too exciting there, really, is there? No, I think it comes down to Tommy. I mean, if you're going to get rid of him, it's probably now because he's got 140 break even. But like you say, um, against Canberra, I think uh, 2018 he scored 158. Uh, his average against Canberra is 83.1, so it's a fair average. So, um, I think Canberra's a different side now than two years ago personally, so I put a huge amount of credence in that. But a lot of their play does come off turbo now that, um, yeah, they don't have the second phase of Tapao and they don't have Moses Suley. So you can expect to be, him to be very involved. Yeah. Um, Adam Fanua Blake was a guy that I sort of half had penciled in for around about now once he'd got his match fitness back. 
Um, a few extra minutes on the weekend when Marty Tapao went down and his PPM went right down. Um, whether or not the, the new rules and the quicker rack are tiring him out a little bit more, I'm not sure. Maybe his match fitness just isn't quite there yet, but um, I've comfortably got Alex Twole ahead of him in the front row um, for the time being, so I'd probably be looking that way, and, and I want to see a little bit more from Fanua Blake. Yeah, like he was very effective. If you watch the game, he was probably the catalyst for their comeback, like NRL was. But some of, sometimes it just doesn't translate statistically. So I don't think it was a fa- it's a fact of him struggling. I thought he was actually, you know, a huge catalyst but behind their go forward and comeback um, in that second half against the Bronx. But it just doesn't translate like um, an Alex Twal who's taken in, you know, two hit ups a set and, and yeah. just on everything that moves, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure, mate. Uh, Sunday, 6.30 p.m. at Bankwest Stadium, Sharks v. Bulldogs. Another blockbuster one for the fans who won't be at the game, very fortunately there. Sharks needing to top up their backline stocks. Cronulla signed Bryson Goodwin and Nene McDonald, a couple of blasts from the past there this week. Uh, both still have a bit to offer pending injuries. Um, Goodwin is included on Cronulla's extended bench. Jack Williams returns to the starting side at lock. Toby Rudolph to come off the interchange. CSC for Talakai and Royce Hunt replace Connor Tracy and Scott Sorensen on the bench. Again, another shake-up of the bench. I'm um, just coaches trying to work it out and what they want to do. It's a four-forward bench, so for anyone that does still own Blake Braley, which is a pretty large majority of people, I do as well, um, but I'm probably looking to move him on this week. He only played 60, 65 or so minutes last weekend with Tracy coming on at hooker. Um, with that bench, I can only see him playing 80 minutes, which is promising enough for anyone who has to hold on to him. Um, Spy, what are your thoughts on Canola, mate? A few, few little relevant players there. Yeah, not a whole, uh, whole lot to speak about. I've got Jesse Remian in my side from round one, and I'd, just, I'd love one more good score before I look to potentially move him on. Um, but that right edge combination may come along, and he's got a pretty good draw coming up, so fingers crossed there. Same for Sean Johnson. I'm not an owner, but he's got an opportunity to bust out some scores with the draw that's coming up. So hopefully he goes well. Um, outside of that, probably nothing too major to report about. Josh Dugan's playing some good footy at the moment. Um, he's crashing over a bit, bust some tackles. So I haven't actually looked at him or even thought about him until now, but I might just check out his numbers and see what he's looking at. But he's playing some decent ball. He is, yeah, but he busts himself as much as he busts tackles. So I have no faith in getting to add him yeah. in the football game. <laughs> I think Bryson Goodwin's an interesting watch. Uh, he's a player that was on my watch list at the start. I thought he might get a crack at um, South Sydney, but it doesn't look like he will now. Obviously, you know, now they've released him and he's at Cronulla. But if he can get onto that left wing outside Dugan, um, which I'd be very surprised if he doesn't come into the starting side and they drop um, Maweni Harati yeah. because – He's a tackle breaker, and he could probably finish a few of those tries. Um, you know, the way Dugan's playing and, and that left edge with Wade Graham, it'd be an interesting watch. He's a, he's at a middling price. It's 366000 It's more of a watch at the moment, but keep an eye on it. I agree with you, agree with you mate. And they're, um, they've looked quite fragile on the edges, the Shark. He's really, really fragile. Um, Josh Morris leaving the club's a big part of that. So to bring in a guy like Bryson Goodwin, who's a really good footballer, he's extremely reliable, a good defender, I think he could come in as well, whether it be this week or next week, I'm not sure. Um, I spoke to you a little bit, boys, a little bit about it off air, but we saw in the last 20 minutes of the game on the weekend, the Cronulla game, when they were chasing points, the Sharks, Sean Johnson, rather than doing this traditional stay on the right edge, don't go over to the left, 
he started sweeping across both sides of the field and playing second receiver with Chad Townsend, who's a traditional halfback, playing first receiver. And he looked exceptional. Like, as in actual NRL, his super coach scoring looked so much better. Um, they were just playing flatter. They were playing faster. And I'd just love to shake John Morris up and say, mate, he's a ball runner. Get him, get him playing in these attacking opportunities. So I hope he's learned something from that and he gets SJ floating a little bit on both sides of the ruck. I don't think it'll happen, but boy, you look good. And just on the Sharkies, they've got the Bulldogs this week into Manly, into the Titans. So I'll be holding SJ and Ramian until the end of the Titans game and then either holding or selling from there based on what they can produce against some weaker opposition. Um, and then lastly is the Bulldogs. So there's not much to add. Aiden Tom is again unavailable for selection. Remus Smith replaces Nick Meany in the back line. Jake Avarillo moves to the wing. Renoff Tui Marga starts at prop. Suaso Sue to the bench. And Terrod Holland replaces Morgan Harper on the interchange. Um I think there's only one player of note to talk about here, and he is relevant. Will Hopawide, since moving to fullback, completely un- unsurprisingly has looked exceptional. He was awesome against the Roosters, um, and the dogs were battered from pillar to post. Hopper's taken your interest by. Yeah, I've always been a big fan of Hopper at fullback. Um, he probably doesn't have the up- upside of some other guys. Obviously, playing at the Bulldogs, that's a bit harder. But his ball playing's even improved a little bit in the first two games back there this year. He runs a lot. He offloads a little bit as well. So you could do far worse than to lock Hopper into your centres um, short or long term. He'll do a real good job for you. Um, so if anyone's interested in there and doesn't know who to grab at a little bit of a cheaper price, Hopper could be your man. And so I forgot to mention on that, Siona Katoa for the Sharks on the right edge now, back outside Sean Johnson with that draw coming up. He could be a huge play as well if you own him. Um, in the mould of Hopawati, both both valid options for mine in your side. Yeah, good shout. Lads, let's get on to trades we're eyeing off this week. I'll start with you, Spy. What are you looking at? So I'll be, I'm going to downgrade Katoni Staggs. I'm just going to take the cash he's made. I've already got four centres that I'm happy to play uh, now that Brasman Best is in the fold. So I'll downgrade him to an absolute nuffy who won't play bottom dollar price, and also dual position. So it will just be a no-name that plays back row and centre, um, free up the cash, and then I'm going to go Pappy up to Ponga this week. Um, Teddy's still an option, but looking at Ponga's two-week draw, I really like it, um, his two, three-week draw over Teddy's. So that's that's my two this week, lads. Good luck not only Teddy against the Dragons, mate. You'll be having heart palpitations. Yeah, I'll say, though, all the fullbacks that weekend, Tommy Trojevich has got a Sunday game against the Sharks and Ponga plays the Cowboys in the afternoon, I think, as well. So, mate, they could all score 200 that weekend. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Walson, what are you looking at? Oh, I'm a little bit undecided. You know, it, it actually knocks your confidence when you have a bit of a <laughs> when you haven't got Teddy in that. But I'm, I'm still, um, yeah, I'm still hell-bent on getting Teddy and Ponga and it might even come to a situation where I have to part with, um, you know, maybe a NOFO or uh, potentially, you know, making a real pod play and getting rid of a, a Tamalolo or something like that. Um, yeah, yeah I, I'm uh, coming from behind. I don't want to do anything too drastic, but I think you're going to have to find creative ways to do it. And I think you've got to have both those players. And if I'm if, if I'm of the belief that, that this is the lowest price that I can get them now at this moment, then I really should be getting them in. Yeah, based on saying that and how desperate you are to get them in and ready to move heaven and hell to do it, 
Um, I don't hate the idea of Nofaluma at, you know, close to what his peak price is, 657K, break even 78. Mate, imagine going him down to a to the hammer or someone who you can play in your 17 with a bit of confidence playing fullback or even if he's a reserve. Mate, that's well, that's freeing up 500K for a centre winger who could potentially outscore Nofa. Yeah, the, pro- the problem, the only issue with that is I quite like the next five games for the West Tigers. They play Cowboys, Bulldogs, Panthers, Souths and Broncos. And um, as you know, as listeners would know, I like the Souths and Bron- uh, Broncos teams both as good teams to score against. So that's four out of five games that are pretty good. The Panthers are, you know, neither here nor there, but he averages 65 against them. So, um, yeah, some big decisions to be made to me. Yeah. I've got uh, Capel there who needs to go, still devastated by that. Um, possibly down to the hammer, uh, which would then allow me to go Blake Braley or Billy Walters up to Cam Munster. Um, alternatively, I'm just, I really want to have a strong centre wing. That's where you leak points so easily, um, which is probably another reason to maybe hold an offer saying that. But um, could go Capel up to Luttrell and then I'm not sure about the other trade, but probably Munster in at this point, I think. Um, I like Munster, mate. Huge yeah, fan of Munster. Yeah. Um, Wilson, captain, vice-captain? Um, Very trade-dependent, I suppose. Yeah, it depends on the trades, but I'm looking seriously at vice-captaining. If I can get my list, if Tessie New is not included on the bench, I will vice-captain Ponga because then I'm a legitimate VC loop. If Tessie New's on the bench, then that just blows a vice-captain out of the water, so I'd probably straight captain Ponga. Um, and then I think, uh, say, like, a Tamalo would be fair. Yeah, it's a, it's a different it's a different week because with Ponga, you, you've almost got to decide to captain him or not captain him because he plays on that Thursday night. Thursday night, uh, last year I didn't like captaining blokes on Thursday night. I did it last week with Turbo and it didn't come off, but I like, um, I like Ponga to go big this week against the Bronx. Yeah, and on the flip side, if the Broncos do get towed up, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Tessie Nu come in at fullback and Asako move to the bench or even on the wing. Um, probably a bit harsh on Asako. It's not his fault they're getting towed up, but he only scraped into that fullback position because Jack Berg got injured at the start of the season anyway. Um, so anyway, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Spy, VCC? Just firstly, I'll tell you what, Walsh is a hard marker on himself. We were chatting last Thursday night. We both captained Tommy T. He scored 72, and Walsh <laughs> was acting as if he'd scored minus 14. <laughs> uh, the thing was, I knew I knew what was coming with, with Teddy. Like, yeah. And it, it sounds like I'm saying that in hindsight, but I, like I did, uh, I did, you say, did tell us. Yeah, I said I, I knew something was coming with Teddy, and I had multiple opportunities to get him in. So you kick yourself with decisions like that. But anyway, it's on to another week, new week. Yeah, that's uh, it, mate. And yeah. I, I will agree. I was sort of hoping Tommy would go one ten, and he didn't. So it's probably a little underwhelming, but not too bad. Um, I'm going to target Thursday again. It'll either be Payne Haas as the boring play, who's killing it. He'll knock out eighty odd. Hopefully, he could even score a try. But I think I might just throw it straight on Ponga Thursday night, bring him in and hope he can turn up this this Thursday. Yep. As it stands, there's a few tough decisions to make with Ponga and Haas on the Thursday night and having Ponga and Teddy in my side. But 
VC Haas, Teddy against Parramatta. Um, tough matchup for Teddy. I don't expect him to go anywhere near as big as last weekend, but, boy, the way he's looking, and probably more so the way the Roosters are looking, you know, he's only about 23 or 24% owned, I think. So, you know, happy days. Lads, let's jump into a few questions, then we'll wrap it up. First up from S- Stephen Roffel. <laughs> Do I get Teddy and Cleary or Ponger and Cameron Smith? Spy? Mate, you'd be absolutely stoked with either of those pairing, but I think God. if I had to split them, I would go probably Ponga and Cam Smith in the short term, just for three or four weeks. But if you're looking long term, definitely Teddy and Cleary because Cleary's going to light up. He's got a tough few weeks ahead, and Teddy's also got Parramatta and Melbourne in the next three weeks. So I'll go Ponga and Smith short term, but if you're looking to – to lock in a couple of guys, then just go Teddy and Cleary now and, and don't look back. Walton? Yeah, the tough thing about leaving Teddy out, and that's just the, the dilemma I'm having, is he could be in excess of $900,000 next yeah. next week, which is just absurd um, for what we've been used to. Uh, are you prepared to pay that for him? Because if you're not, then get him in this week. That's a good shout, and I I'd look at my side. I can afford to get Teddy even if he's nine hundred and sixty k in a few weeks. So well, yeah. that yeah, okay. that makes my decision easier. Um, I was lucky enough to start with some good good cash cows, but as you said, if you can't afford it in a few weeks, then you might just have to get him now, which is fine. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that, and you'll probably make a mockery of a tough draw anyway. Teddy could be a million dollar super coach player in <clears> weeks. Like that is unfathomable. Like if he goes, it's amazing. He could like. He's projected for a million on Supercoach Gold. I had a look. Exactly a million dollars. Oh, <laughs> incredible. All right. Um, Luke Armour asks, order of priority, Madison, Crichton, and McInnes. Mm. Oh, you'd like all three of them. Uh, <laughs> and I've got none of them. Um, I would say... You still don't have Madison. I still don't have Maddo, yeah. No, I just haven't had to get him in. I've just been dilly-dallying around with... With things, and it's actually amazing that I'm, you know, in the top 20,000 with something <laughs> I don't have. Um, and some of the blokes I'm tossing up, like drink water still in my halves. I don't know how long it's going to last. Mate, but all I'm seeing there is that you're ready to go large and come good. You, you've, you've struggled and you're still doing pretty damn well. Like you're doing a lot better than a lot of super coaches out there. So there is light at the end of the tunnel for you. Yeah, I hope so. Um, <laughs> uh, I think I'd probably go. Uh, McInnes. Uh, sorry, I'd go uh, Crichton, McInnes, Madison. Wow, interesting. I've got I've got Madison, McInnes, Crichton, which is quite different. So, Spider, mm. what have you got? Tiebreaker. Just tell you what, I wouldn't care at all. Yeah. You're great, but I am going to go Madison because I think he's a bit more durable than McInnes. McInnes too, because I think he's going to be an absolute monster. But as we discussed, he's small frame. Does he get hurt at some stage? And Crichton third, which is terrifying because he's coming off two tons. But yeah, they're just, all absolute guns. I just like Madison for his upside, which would be ditto for Crichton. I just worried about the Roosters getting some easy leads in games and Crichton playing 50 or 60 minutes, which yeah, you know, we know Trent Robinson likes to rest his forwards. So or not playing at all. If they're absolutely killing it later in the year, they might just give yeah. the game off, which won't happen for other guys. Yeah. Question from Zacho Smith, a proud Kuma Stallion himself. Uh, interesting question. Does Jack DeBellin's court case on Monday have any effect on McInnes if proven that he's innocent? 
My thinking is he will come straight in at lock. If not, it will only be a matter of weeks. What do you reckon, Spy? It's great thinking, Zacho. For mine, though, Benny Hunt was so effective off the bench playing hooker last week that they'll probably just play DeBellin and McInnes together as running middle forwards. Um, I wouldn't be worrying. If you wanted McInnes this week, I'd just be getting him regardless. I wouldn't be worrying too much about that. There's far more likely things to happen like injuries and suspensions and whatnot than McInnes' role getting dulled to a point where he's ineffective. So I'd still yeah, stick with McInnes. Yeah, I, I, I had the same question marks over McInnes with what they were doing with Hunt, and that, that made me reluctant to bring him in. But he's an 80-minute player locked down. So I think you can you can play him with confidence that he's going to get 80 minutes either at hooker or at look. He's that important to that team. And um, like you were saying, like Josh Kerr doesn't really have a stranglehold on that front row position. So DeBellin, if DeBellin comes in, you know, middlely he's been out for a year or so or maybe two years, like – if he does come straight back in, it'll be in front row, I'd say. Yeah, that'll be a discussion for next week if Jackie DeBellin does come back because, mate, they have hit the skids ever since he dropped out of that team. So mm-hmm. if he comes back in and he's fit and raring to go and they look good, it'll show how valuable a player he is. Anyway, that's one for next week. Um, Cyril Jenkinson asks, what are your opinions on the halves after five rounds and the next couple of rounds coming up? So far it has been the least reward for Supercoach points per dollar spent with Cleary facing a few tough opponents and Moses not setting the world on fire. What would you advise for investment there for round six to eight? So it's a lengthy question, but I suppose, I suppose who, who's your number one half back and five, eight immediately based on draws and everything else for round six to eight spy. If you can have a half back and a five, eight, who are they? Uh, tough to answer for me because I haven't looked at it because I've got other pressing issues. But Munster's my five eight already, and he's a hundred percent locked in. I love him. And look, a number one five eight. Obviously, Cyril's asking more about value, so I'm happy to own Moses, but he's a lot more expensive. So if you're choosing anyone, maybe you look at the draw and see who might have a soft run and and pick one of those guys. I haven't done that personally, but. Uh, I can understand his question that there might be some better value if it allows you to upgrade elsewhere. So I don't have a specific answer as to who, but I can I can understand where he's coming from. You don't necessarily need Moses or Cleary over the next three or four weeks. Wilson? That is a very, very good question, Cyril, because um, I, I think it's the thing that stands out a bit, the halves. I mean, I think most people thought that they would go – look at a situation where they might have three out of the four halves playing or possibly four out of the four halves playing. It's not that at all, um, in my opinion. I think it's you get you get yourself to a 5-8 position where you can have Munster or possibly I think the other option is Dylan Brown. I know the spy thinks I've got a big crush on him in that, but if you have a look at the statistics, he's a dual position player and he's leading the halfbacks and he's leading the 5.8s in most points scored and averages for the season. So I think he's on about 68 on average. Now, you might say a lot of that came against um, the Titans. He got 120, but he also got 80 against a good side. I can't think of who it was weeks ago. Who'd they play two weeks ago? Um, I don't think it was. Uh, Man- Manly? Manly, yeah. So And he scored that try where he was on the wing as well. So... Um, I think Dylan Brown, so you got Munster, Dylan Brown's in there somewhere, um, and I think you can get a bit creative, but I, I think you can definitely nuff out um, on the bench. I think you only really need two halves that are playing in your 17. 
Yeah, that's it. I, I think Munster's the number one five eight. But I mean, if you're looking at trading in this week, SJ's 142k, 140k discount on Munster. He's only 474k. Got a pretty easy 75 in my opinion last weekend. Comes up against the Bulldogs and the Titans in the next three weeks. Yeah, um, fair call. Fair and then, call. And and look, I'm not suggesting Johnson's a season long keeper, but. You know, we keep talking about how many trades we've got in store and how we can chop and change players based on draws. Well, bloody hell, what harm SJ's got there is pretty tempting. Um, and again, at halfback, Cleary's the man long term, but Penrith have a brutal draw the next few weeks. So, I mean, I think you just stick strong with what you've got, whether that be Mitch Moses or if you've got SJ at half or whatever and go from there. Um, but boy, it's a tough one. Um, knock out a couple more there. Um, pin. Jake Beasley asks, Cook, oh, this is a tough question. Actually, I don't think it is that tough. Cook, Smith, McInnes, and Luttrell, which of those is the biggest priority to get in ASAP, Spy? Uh, I'd be going McInnes straight away out of those guys. Obviously, depends on your team makeup, but I just think he's outstanding at the moment. Walson? Yeah, I think it's team dependent, um, but in a couple who you believe in. I think if you were going to get Latrell in, you probably would have done it last week. So, yeah, probably probably is McInnes, yeah. Yeah, I don't mind. I'm McInnes as well. You're looking at guys who are absolutely going, absolutely going to be locked into your 17 for the year um, and the way what we've seen from McInnes. We've spoken about him, but he looks for goods. Um, there's a question which I have to add in because it's the best Twitter name of all time, even though we've half just spoken about it. But a question from Nigel Plum Shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> so he asks, he asks, who to bring in at five eight? Munster, SJ at bottom dollar, or either of the Roosters halves? He says after Kiri's low score against the Dogs, he's very tempting at his price. Playing on the best left edge in the comp thoughts. Spy, he has to bring in one of those four this week. Who is it? Uh, it's not Kiri because we saw how well he played for a no score um, this week. Probably Roosters have a tough game. I'm going Munster. I'll stick with Munster. Wilson? Uh, who was it between? Sorry, Timmy. Munster, SJ, Keary, and Flanagan. SJ. SJ, nice. Uh, if you've got money in the bank, for me, it's Munster. If you don't, SJ. Um, all right, lads. We've covered absolutely plenty tonight, as we tend to do. Wilson's just yapping on, as he always does. Be bored up, <laughs> be bored up in Queensland. I can't blame the bloke. Not much to do there except go to the beach. <laughs> um, that's good, though. Um, cheers, fellas. Thanks for thanks for that, Wilson. Hey, thanks, Timmy. Thanks, boy. Thanks, Wilson. Good to chat again, mate. All right. Cheers, lads. Thanks for listening.